Hello, good evening and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by the last man standing with loserpool.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiou. I've got two brilliant guests with me and we're going to be looking back at another disappointing result, this time at home to Wolverhampton Wanderers. Hello, hello, hello. Good evening and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna podcast. Uh, As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and my guests this evening are starting with uh, Mark Mann-Bryans of the Press Association. Welcome back to the show, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, Harry. Suffering a bit with the man flu like yourself, but, but battling through. Ah, it's been tough, mate. It's been tough. The last few days have been hell for me. Um, my decision to go clubbing on Saturday night for a mate's birthday didn't help. I think it set me back a few days, but uh, I needed it after Arsenal. Uh, Mike, <laughs> welcome back to the show, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, man. I'm 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 24, but I feel like I'm way too old to go out. Those days, those days are long beyond me, mate. Yeah, do you know what? I'm pushing 30 and I'm uh, starting to feel like I, I need to get towards retirement. But there we go. What can we do? Um, <laughs> let's kick off by talking about... Um, well, what was overall a disappointing result, wasn't it? Arsenal held at home, surrendered the winning position again. Um, lots of people calling for Unai Emery's head. That seems to be uh, getting louder and louder as the weeks go by, understandably so. Mark, before we touch on the ins and outs of, of Saturday's game, we haven't spoken uh, that recently. I think we spoke during the summer um, when we were touching on some of the transfer news. But what is your opinion of Unai Emery? Are you, on the, uh, are you in the camp now that believe that maybe it's time that Arsenal just cut their losses and move on to somebody else? It is a really difficult one, isn't it? Because, I mean, you compare it to some other clubs so far this season and it's, it's not too bad, but... I don't think Uno Emery's got the goodwill in the bank of a of an Ole Gunnar Solskjaer or a Mauricio Pochettino. So as soon as the results started to go a little bit, then the pressure mounts straight away. And, you know, two wins out of nine Premier League games at the moment isn't enough. And also couple that with a style of football that I think a lot of fans have grown a bit weary of. And, and you know, you could end up in trouble. Absolutely. Mike, what uh, what are your feelings now? I know that initially, you know, when I was giving Unai Emery quite a bit of stick, which was actually midway through last season, which is probably a little bit too early in most people's eyes. Um, but you were one of the people that said he needed time. I think you've come around now, though, haven't you? Your opinion has slightly changed. Yeah, I've, I've seen the light, Harry. As you can <laughs> see, by my, you can't see my face, but my little banner says uh, Emery out. No, look, I think it's a it's a difficult one. And something that Mark mentioned briefly was that um, about the fans having favour with Emery. And I feel like there's there's no connection between the, the fans and Emery. Uh, I know I don't want to you know disrespect uh, him because he has been quite brave to to um, not to speak in English and make an attempt to connect with the fans. But that hasn't happened, and we don't really understand him he hasn't made us aware of what his tactics are or what what style of play he wants you know he talks about intensity and we see the complete opposite so I don't think that's helped him whatsoever he's not endeared himself and fans I I just get the feeling that I was in the stadium the other day and as soon like as soon as Wolves scored you never ever had the feeling that Arsenal were going to come back and win that game I'd say we had a good spell for about 20 minutes but the other half of it was just a mess. I mean, Torreira is playing the furthest forward 
midfielder. Um, Ozil playing on on sort of what was a right of a diamond and drifting around. He was our only, you know, sense of creativity in, in that team. And to, to be honest, I don't see him starting um, going forward. So, Harry, it's a, it's a difficult one because I I don't feel like the club want to sack him mid-season. I don't feel like that's what they what what they want to do in terms of planning and getting a new manager in. I feel like they do want to give in to the end. But if it gets to a point where we can no longer finish in the top four, I don't I don't think they'll have a choice. They'll have to get rid. Mark, do you agree with that point that maybe Unai Emery's difficulty in terms of communicating with the fans has maybe pushed some of the fans away because he, he you know, I've been in a couple of his press conferences this season. I'm sure you have. He, he does come up with some really bizarre lines at times, doesn't he? And you, you do wonder whether he's actually understood a, what he's being asked. And, you know, if, you know, he, he's, he's able to get his points across clearly enough for people to actually understand and go, you know what, hang on a minute. I kind of get where he's coming from here. Yes, it, it's exactly true. The latter point you made is, is very true. He, he struggles to get his point across. He has, I have to say at this point, not in defence of Emery, but as you'd imagine for a man quite as studious as him, I know for a fact he's working really hard on his English. I think some people still think he's not good enough. I'm probably one of them. He is better when the cameras aren't on him. I think there's an added pressure there. But like, like I touch on what Mike said there, I think the board aren't going to, I don't think they're going to go to react at any point soon. It's, it'll be almost, if you remember the David Moy situation at Manchester United, it wasn't until I think they lost to Everton and it was mathematically impossible for the top four to happen that he was out the door. And, you know, I'm not privy to a copy of Unai Emery's contract, which obviously we believe has a break clause this summer, but I can imagine he'd get a nice juicy payout if they were to, if they were to, um, yeah, you know, <laughs> get rid of him now rather than wait yeah. until the summer. So, you know, that would be, that would be in thought of as well. But if, again, if the results keep turning off and they fall further and further back, then maybe they do react and start a rebuilding process. But it is a strange one because he has been heavily backed and heavily backed in the position of this, this head coach role, which, you know, he worked in at PSG and we've not really seen in this country. He's working with signings that he hasn't particularly made. So it is a strange situation and one we're not really dealing with in, in this country. Yeah, absolutely. I think you make some great points there. And, you know, there have been some reports emerging. I think they were today in the mirror um, that Unai Emery has a month to save his job. And, and you know, we, we keep seeing these type of reports. We keep seeing that Jose Mourinho's linked with a job. But knowing Arsenal the way we know Arsenal, it's very difficult to see Arsenal, you know, pulling the trigger in the next month, in my opinion, anyway. I think when we're talking about the situation that Arsenal find themselves in, and we're going to come on to talk about some more details in regards to the game. But when you look at the overall picture, we've lost two games this season and I'm not defending Unai Marie because I was one of the people that wasn't pleased with him uh, from a while back. So it would be hypocritical of me now to sit here and defend him. But, you know, you have to be fair when making the case. And for me, if you look at it, we've only lost two games this season. Only Liverpool have lost less in the Premier League. Um, which is remarkable when you think about how bad our performances have been. Uh, and, you know, yes, we're six points outside of the top four at the moment, but at this stage in the season, that's not a disaster. I, I just feel like, from my perspective anyway, the performances have been so worrying that you feel as though when you look at that table and you look at where we are, we, we're kind of fortunate to be where we are and playing this way and hoping to achieve our goals is, is not sustainable and it, it can't, it can't carry on. It has to, uh, you know, it's going to give way at some point and it's a real, real concern. Mike, touching on Saturday, um, 
I was at the Emirates, um, sitting in the, uh, I was in the club level section, um, thanks to a friend this time, which, um, I don't like, I must say, um, everyone just gets up and leaves like 10 minutes before half time, And then they miss the beginning of the second half and you're getting up, letting people pass through. It's an absolute nightmare. Not my cup of tea anyway. Um, but I had a good view, a better view than I normally have because I was higher up and tactically I was trying to work out what on earth Unai Emery's midfield was supposed to look like. I could see Torreira and Ozil almost the furthest forward of the two, but Ozil kept coming deep to get the ball. Torreira kept pressing further forward. It just uh, made no sense to me. Genduzi, the deepest. Uh, Mike, what did you make of that midfield shape? It's bizarre. I mean, we've seen the the diamond a, f- a few times and I think both, I think it was at Chelsea we played it and it hasn't really worked for me. Um, I think in, in principle, Harry, if you play it the, the correct way with your your fullbacks bombing on um, and then you've got the defensive midfielder slotting in and then making a sort of back three uh, in, in possession. I think it works, but for that, the personnel has to be right. And for me, Callum Chambers, uh, I, I like him as a guy, but as a, as a sort of defender and fullback, that's going to go up and down the pitch. He's not, he's not going to give you that. Um, so that didn't work for me. The second point is Gwen Doozy at the base of the diamond I've got to say, I like Matteo Guendouzi, but that's one of the worst performances I've seen from him in an Arsenal shirt. He was terrible, Harry. The amount of times he gave away the ball, he looked flustered. Um, and you were, you were watching Lucas Torreira, and I swear, I don't think he had more than about five touches in the first half because he didn't have a position. He was playing as like the number 10. And I was like, what, what's going on? Like, what has Emery seen in here? I know he said that he wants him to press from the front. And that, that's, that's what I'm talking about, about a lack of communication. I mean, I'd love for a journalist to go and ask him, you know, what, why do you want Lucas Torres to play as a number 10? But he, he, hasn't, he hasn't, you know, told us why. And it's just... Mark, I can, sorry, well, I can I'll just jump in there, mate. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, it was something asked a couple of weeks ago, which is where that, the high press comes from. But essentially he said... He wants him in the team because he thinks he's the best player at, at high pressing. But you think if you if you want to play high pressing, you've got to have the personnel to do it. Whether he's yeah. the best, if he is the best, fair enough. But the rest of the team aren't doing it either, are they? And I agree oh, completely. Exactly. It's just especially with the diamond when you've got a team like Wolves coming that we know full well it's they're a great football side. You've got Traore, you've got Doherty, you love to get wide. It it made very little sense and almost felt a little bit like. To begin with, it was a way of getting Ozil into that team. But then he played him in a, such a strange position. It's yeah, just... and it's, it's almost as though with pressing, though, in order to press, you need to all do it as a team. It's no good having one player doing it and, and nobody exactly. else does it. And that's the problem, isn't it? It's, it's driving me mad. Of course, no, yeah. That's, that's the thing as well, exactly. And, you know, it, it seems to me and like there's a complete lack of... Of, of communication uh, between him and the players. I mean, there's stories coming out now uh, about, you know, some of the players taking the mick out of the manager, which is exactly the same thing that happened at PSG. And we all know about how that ended. And, you know, going to war with players like Mess Ozil, it's been clear to see how much of an impact he's had in the last two games that he's played. He's been our main creative threat. And he, again, was the best player for us uh, on, on the weekend. And he's, he's isolated. I, to, to be honest, I know Mark will know more about this, but whether that is something from above, coming from the hierarchy, saying, you know, we, we want to get rid of Ozil, don't play him, we, we don't know. But you have to think from a footballing sense, 
uh, last year, oh, I, I don't think Ozil's right for this game. I'm, I'm unsure on that. But for me, just the, the lack of a tactical plan, I, I think personally that he's overthinking everything. I think he's trying to be too pragmatic. If you just sort of let those front players play and, you know, um, not be too structured in how they attack, I think we'd be a lot better. Mark, what you know, Wolves came to town on, on Saturday. We all knew how Wolves were going to set up. We knew that the exact system they were going to play. They do it so often. They do it so well. We just played into their hands because for large parts of that game on Saturday, Wolves were the better side, weren't they? Absolutely. I think it was such a, an obvious afternoon, if you like. I think there was a, the word toxic's a bit harsh, but I'm sure Mike will agree. I know Harry, you were there as well. As soon as Wolves equalised, the, the crowd were done again. They were done with, with Emery. They were done with the situation. They, they'd kind of stayed with him during the game because they played Mesut was in the team and they took the lead and it was a Bamiyang 50 goal and all of this stuff. But I, I completely agree. He's supposed to be this man who will sit and watch and study a team and the minutiae of a team. And then a team like Wolves that we know play on the county, we saw what they did to Manchester City. And they cut him and he plays a, t- a system that didn't really suit and players that didn't suit his system. So that's arguably one of the worst tactical displays we've seen from Embry, let alone the players, since he's been there. Yeah, it was it was poor. And, and at times, I mentioned the midfield and I said that at times I felt like it was like a 4-2-2 two, two, and then the strikers. It was like, it just, I, I couldn't work it out. And, and honestly, I was sitting there um, a little bit higher up than I normally am. And, and so I had a better view um, admittedly and, and I was just sitting there trying to work it out went in at half time come back out same thing couldn't work it out and then of course Unai Emery substitutions which have led to a lot of criticism again um, I know that when we talk about substitutions it's very easy to criticise a manager from the outside but we don't know how the players on the pitch are feeling in terms of fitness um, you know people were up in arms about uh, Kieran Tierney being replaced by Ser Kolasinac Mike would you not argue that Kieran Tierney looked tired and given how much Unai Emery demands from his fullbacks going forward, he just felt that just a change of personnel there was, was going to help us. I know he shouldn't have maybe overlooked some of the forward players, but for me, that particular substitution, I didn't take great issue with. Um, yeah, no, I, I, for weirdly enough, I do agree with you there because I, I was looking at the team at the time and I was thinking, you know, even though Pepe is on the bench, I didn't see where he was going to come on because I think at that, that time we had uh, sort of the three up top, Saka, Martinelli and Aubameyang and there was no way you were going to get a Pepe in there as well. So I thought, yeah, a bit of energy down the left in Kolasinac. Tierney's played quite a lot of football and just come back from injury. So I did understand that one. The one I, I didn't really understand was um, was the, the, the Lucas Torreira one. I mean, I don't know why you would you would take him off um, instead of moving him back. I just think having seen how poor Gwendozi was, like surely take him off, and then. But he just he's like that's that's the thing as well. Like we can all see it. Why is he so reluctant? Not even to try Torreira as as a six. Um, I think he he did it he did it Liverpool. I think, but that's that's the only time he's played there all season, and that obviously was a bit of a weird game because it was in the cup and against a young team and not our first team. So, I mean, I don't understand his decisions. He doesn't explain them very well. Um, and he's in big, big trouble for me. Um, all these rumours about Jose Mourinho, Harry, which I'm, so, I'm sure we're going to come on to at some point. Um, I don't think that will happen because I, I, don't, I don't think he's a sort of Arsenal man. 
Um, but I personally, I, I don't know what you guys make of it, but I, I wouldn't want him at Arsenal. As a fan, knowing some of the stuff that he said about our club, about, you know, our Arsene Wenger, um, not even, you know, to do with, with his tactics, even before we get to that, I personally wouldn't want Jose Mourinho at Arsenal. Uh, Mark, before we come on to the Mourinho point, what did you make of the substitutions? Because it's something that, you know, in doing my work today, I've seen a lot of Arsenal fans have, have criticised Unai Emery for heavily. Yeah, I mean, I, the class match one, I completely understand. I think it is literally just seeing he's not got 90 minutes properly in his legs yet, especially if you're wanting him to bomb on and chase the game. But, you know, Mike's hit the nail on the head. It's the Torreira Saka change happened. And the whole system, whatever system was there, just fell apart. The players didn't seem to really know what they were doing. And the goal comes less than three minutes later. The equaliser comes less than three minutes later after the change. And, you know, he did it at Sheffield United. He kind of just, he rolls the dice and chucks someone on. I think it was, I think he brought Martinelli on, didn't he? And took Pepe off at Sheffield United. And then we had Saka playing at 10, which, you know, I don't think he's ever played as a 10. I don't know if he ever will again. And it's, I don't know, it, there is a there is a bit of, panic in there at the moment I think that he doesn't seem to know what to do and I just think you know going to Leicester on Saturday is arguably the hardest game you could have had during this run of games I mean you know they'll probably win in Gimoresh on, on Wednesday night but they're through anyway but the real challenge is Saturday and I really fear especially after what Leicester did to them last year that they could go there and, and really really could be face the music time for Emery. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I agree with you in terms of the substitutions, in terms of um all the like it, it just feels, doesn't it, like Unai Emery's so desperate now to turn things around that he's just trying everything and anything. And it's like kind of a walking down a blind alley. He can't really see what's coming, he doesn't really know how to get out of it, and he's just taking risks left, right, and center. And I say risks, I don't mean risks as in like attacking teams and, and trying to win games um emphatically. I mean risks as in just chopping and changing things all the time and it doesn't seem to be any method to what he's doing before i come back to mike um mark what have you made of the Mourinho rumors and surely he's not the right fit for arsenal football club given his previous given his relationship with the fans yeah i mean let's be honest we saw rafa benitez go to chelsea i think it'd be that that times 20 almost wouldn't it if Mourinho went to arsenal i think you have to think at this time as well that jose Mourinho is a man out of work so you know, he's, him and his agent are going to talk up his position and where he wants to go because he wants another job. He's been, he was sacked by United in December last year. You know, he's not a man used to being out of work for a year. Um, so whether, with, with all due respect to the Arsenal job, whether he would want it, we know he wants to win things and at the moment Arsenal are not there. But um, yeah, if, if there was any chance, I think the, the Bayern Munich situation may save Arsenal fans from, from being, <laughs> being lumbered with a man that a lot of them certainly don't want. Absolutely. And Mourinho has spoken about his desire to join a club uh, who are equipped to win, who are ready to win. Um, you know, it's a league he's not conquered so far. So it, it would be a, an appealing job to him. And, and fingers crossed he does go over there so that we don't have to put up with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, just finally, would be, just to put it there, it would, would be a lot more entertaining in the press conferences, though, wouldn't he? We're just saying about Emery, Emery not communicating with the fans. But if we got Jose, it'd be the, the other end of the spectrum again, I think, wouldn't it? Exactly. Absolutely. I mean, press conferences now for me are, you know, uh, you know what? The last game I was at the Emirates and I was in the press box, um, I, I looked around and like lots of people had left from the press conference or, or skipped the press conference to go to the mix zone. And then I, I realized why afterwards, because you could probably get a lot more 
sense and i don't mean that in a horrible way but you can probably get a lot more to talk about and a lot more clarity from some of the players than you can from Unai Emery at this point which is really concerning because uh, you know I, I i rate him for for taking on the english language the way he has and and refusing to you know give into it and maybe there was something from the club where you know they wanted him to to do it in english as part of the the sort of image of the club but for me having a translator with him at least when he comes across something that he doesn't maybe necessarily understand is not a bad thing. And I think it will go a long way in fixing what is a broken relationship with the fans. And a lot of it is broken because the communication is so poor, in my opinion. That's just the way I feel. Um, You know, it's not to have a go at Emery. It's just that I struggle to, to understand what he's saying. I think other fans struggle. I think journalists struggle. And therefore, when there's not clarity, things will be reported slightly differently by s- certain people. And you, you just get a whole mess, in my opinion. It's spot on. I mean, I think there was a, I was in the mix zone on, on Saturday after the game. But we saw the, the quotes coming through from Unai Emery. And I think one of them was something about, oh, we're unhappy, we're disappointed with the result, but the tactics work perfectly. I, you know, I'm paraphrasing. But then you see the, the video afterwards and he didn't quite mean it in that way, I think. But if you can only take a snapshot of what he's saying, it's, it works against him almost. That he's, he's trying to do this English and he's, he's trying to communicate. Whereas actually, like you say then, do it in Spanish or at least have someone sat next to you. So those points you can make, especially at a time like this when, you know, I'm not going to say the knives are out, but there's pressure on. The last thing you want to do is say something like a Freudian slip or anything like that. And suddenly that can be tweaked or it turned against you completely by accident because because of the language barrier oh can you hear me guys i think we lost mike there can you hear me mark i've got you yeah here we go apologies guys problem with the live stream there that's the the issue when you do it live um so apologies for that i'll start that point again um mike i just want to touch on the granite shaka situation um it's been a week now, week and a bit. It's all calmed down a little bit anyway. Um, Granite Jacquard reacted in a way that he probably shouldn't have. We all acknowledge that the abuse was unacceptable that, you know, he's had to face uh, recently. But a week later, have you calmed down? Do you think there's any way back in into the side now for Granite Jacquard? And do you think that he will be brought back into the side, perhaps with a couple of away games coming up and a chance to play away from the home crowd? You know what, I have sort of had a bit of time to uh, process it because I think, you know, as a fan, um, your instant reaction would be, or a lot of them would be, just feel a bit disrespected as a fan for your captain to do that. Um, but then, you know, when when you think about it a bit more and, and you realise that he is just a human being and he's always been committed to the club, he's always given his all, his performances haven't always been good, he's made mistakes you sort of understand the reaction and you understand that if you were in that scenario, you probably would have reacted the same after all of that hate bubbling up for months and months. He kept it in. It, it was going to come to a boiling point. Um, I'm not sure what's going to happen now with, with the captaincy. Uh, and, and I think how Emery has handled it has said a lot about him. Um, he's not really given fans an answer. And when he's, whether the, he's, the captaincy is going to be stripped or not. He sort of just like cowered away from it, which for me is how he tends to deal with stuff in general, like like giving him the captaincy. It was given down to the players as a vote. Does he feel like if he strips Xhaka of the captaincy, he's going to lose even more of the players? I mean, that's the feeling that I'm getting. 
Um, I think he was probably right on balance to give him a few games out just to take the heat off him. But I think now he needs to be put back into side because if he's left any longer, I think the fans that were booing him will sort of feel like they've won. And the, what that's doing is creating a divide, even more of a divide between the fans and the player. I think the best thing to do is just throw him straight back in um, against Leicester. Uh, or even in the Europa League and um, try and repair that relationship. Because, you know, I think one one of the things for me, Harry, is that Xhaka is is not really the problem. He's been scapegoated. Um, I think the, the real issues lie with, with Emery. And for me, like taking the heat off him is what he's done quite a lot of all these decisions he hasn't, he sort of declined to make. Yeah, no, I agree. Mark, what's your take on, on the Xhaka situation? Is there a way back for him? And ha- do you think that it's been handled in the right way? Uh, yes to the first bit and definitely no to the second. I think there's a way back. Um, I also think he, he, he'll definitely go to Portugal tomorrow because that just, you know, you can reintegrate him into the team in a game that's not big, that's not going to be watched by many people back home because of the kickoff time. Obviously, there's an away contingent of fans going, but away supporters will normally get behind the team more than, than those at home. But I just think it's been handled badly, hasn't it? I mean, granted it didn't come out until, I think it was Thursday, wasn't it? And then there yep. was kind of a semi-apology that was then repeated in the programme. Uh, the club have not really given any official line other than, you know, Unai, putting Unai Emery up. And again, that ties back into the, the fact that Unai Emery has these communication issues, but they were happy to put him forward as the man to answer all these questions about Granite. And to be fair to him, he acted to that quite well. He spoke about the human element of it all and what happened and you have to give you know you have to give him benefit of the doubt for that but the fact See, I, I, sorry mate I, I thought he handled it well in the initial interview uh, press conference but I thought he didn't handle it so well in Friday's one yeah I agree I, I agree completely it's by that time the club should have made a decision or you know it should be done and dusted we shouldn't be going into a second game since that issue not knowing if he if he's the club captain or not anymore you know you've appointed is Emery's vision to have these five appointed captains. So if you're going to strip him for the captaincy, you've got four other people that you believe are good enough to do it. So it's not like they're going to be rudderless. And it's also not like you're losing a Tony Adams tub-thumping captain, is it? I mean, I like I like Granite as a person. He, do, he speaks to us quite regularly. But he's not that kind of impassioned leader. So you think giving the armband to an Aubameyang or a Bellerin, like a lot of the fans want, on the pitch at least, isn't going to make that much of a difference. So it's... It's the club and the, and Emery and they're making it a longer issue rather than just a bit in the bud. Agreed, and I think the danger is um, that it's exactly what Mike said. He says because he's allowed the players to to put Granite Xhaka in as the captain, so we're led to believe. If he then strips him of it, he's almost gone against the decision that the players made, and I know he's got grounds to do it because of what happened, but. He, he he runs the risk of, of essentially pissing off the very people that made that decision in the first place. And and I feel, and I, this is just an opinion, that perhaps giving them the, the chance to vote for their own captain was a was Unai Emery's way of handing out an olive branch as in to say, I do respect you guys and what you guys think. Because I think there would have been a really serious post-mortem after the end of last season, perhaps where players maybe voiced their concerns around the way that they were moving forward. And maybe Emery felt this was a chance to give them back a bit of control, show them a bit of respect. And now if he takes the captaincy away from Xhaka, that maybe end with some of the players being up in arms. Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, like you say, that is to play a vote like we had. But 
I can't believe for a second that Emery gets the results and then thinks, you know, for example, if it had been someone else that, that he didn't want as captain, if he wouldn't have gone, oh, do you know what, actually, I don't trust him as my captain. You know, Granite, Granite Xhaka, I think, would have been the captain whether Emery made the decision or the players made the decision. Whether that's yeah. good, whether it, whether it just proves that there isn't the right leader there. But you hear all the right things about him behind the scenes. We spoke to Kieran Tierney after it was the Europa League at early age. He spoke to us in the mix zone after the age and he said, we thought, oh, we spoke to him about Bellerin because obviously they did their whole full-backs union and everything. He yeah. said, you know, the first the first guy that came and welcomed me in and made me feel at home and explained everything was the captain, was Granit Xhaka. So that's the side of it we don't see, which is, again, to your point, I think the players rallied around him when this happened and Emery, if he strips with the captaincy, there's, you know, there's not going to be a mutiny on, on his hands, but not, there's going to be a group of unhappy players. Yeah, agreed. Agreed, definitely. Um, guys, just before we wrap up, going to answer a few quick listener questions uh, that have been coming through on social media in the last couple of days or since last night when we put out the tweet. Um, this first one comes from Glenn. He says, he directs this one at me, Glenn. He says, do you think Xhaka should ever be captain again? If you're not sure, then would he ever be captain of a team you manage own having done that? Yeah, I think he, there is a way back for Granite Xhaka, as we've just discussed. I think he could uh, be reinstated as the captain and I wouldn't really have an issue with it because like I've said on this show previously, the type of abuse that Granite Xhaka has been subjected to, not just in the last couple of weeks, it's been going on for months. That reaction was not the reaction of a man who got jeered off once. That was the reaction of a man who was on the end of ironic cheers three games in a row when he'd been substituted. It was the reaction of a man who's received vile abuse on social media aimed at his family. Um, I've met lots of Arsenal players in the past um, and none were more friendly and welcoming um, and willing to take a photo and have a little chat than Granite Xhaka. So I don't for a second think he's a bad-tempered, ill-tempered person. I think he just reached breaking point. So for me, um, there is definitely a way back. Uh, Let's go to another question here. I had it on my screen. I've just lost it. Bear with me a second. Um, I'm going to put this one to you, Mike. Uh, Harry, the board don't... uh, well, I'm going to put it to Mike. It says Harry, but Mike, this one's for you. Harry, the board don't want to go down the United route and keep going through managers. Therefore, could you understand if they were to stick with Unai Emery, Mike? Um, what is it? Um, I'm not sure if, if the question means stick with him for the rest of the season or stick with him beyond. Well, uh, I'm assuming stick for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, if if they mean to the end of the season, I can, I, I can see that, yeah. I think when you've, when when you've got a manager there and you don't want to keep chopping and changing, um, I, I can understand why you'd want a bit of consistency. But I, I think the things that a lot of people forget is that um, the new structure that we have, Emery wasn't their choice. Emery was hired by Ivan Gazidis. So I think Emery thought he was getting a very different job to the one that he has now. Um, that's not to say I'm defending Emery, I want to keep him, but things have changed since then. So in the, in, in the same sense, I can see why they'd have a bit less loyalty to him because he's not their man. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think personally, as I said earlier, um, I can't see them getting rid of him unless top four is completely out of the picture. And to be honest, if we lose against Leicester next week, sorry, at the end of this week, we're going to go nine points behind them. And yeah. to me, that is a long way off at, at this at this. Yeah, and we are you know generally 10 15 points out I can I, I can see them getting rid uh, sorry but uh, before you get to the next one Harry Mark, I just wanted to ask you I saw something about 
um, us axing about seven people from from the academy today. Do you, do you know anything more about that? Yeah, there's been nothing official from the club, but the, the people that wrote those stories are very very close to the club, so I, I wouldn't I'd, I'd suggest that they were accurate. Yeah, so it's a strange one, isn't it? If that's the case, because yeah, I think again you're in the middle of a season, but that, there's still a big rebuild going on behind the scenes. But yeah, the, given the people reporting those stories, I'd assume they, they were completely accurate. Yeah, strange stuff. Great stuff. It, you know, we're going to see now, aren't we? we? We heard lots of big talk in the summer about how the club were changing direction, the attitude upstairs had changed and that they were going to act and the Cronkies came out after the We Care DU campaign and various other bits and pieces. We've seen all that. We've heard all that. But I guess the fans are now waiting to see this put into action. And by that, I mean, you know, you know, I, I don't think it's crazy to to say that Unai Emery should be given a little bit longer. I, I personally, if I was in charge of a football club, I would have axed him at the end of last season. That's my honest opinion. But I can see why they want to give him a bit more time, why they want to uh, allow him the opportunity to turn it around. Because, you know, there is that danger of going down that, that Manchester United route. And, you know, maybe that is the route we'll have to eventually go down to find the right man. But I, I'm... I'm understanding of why they're reluctant to do so. Final question comes in uh, from Paul Myrus. Uh, Mark, I'm going to put this one to you. Um, he says, Harry and the lads, would you take Jose? I'd be very against it. Now we've spoken about maybe the issues that Jose's had with the Arsenal fans and stuff in the past, but from a pure footballing perspective, if you were running an Arsenal football club and you felt it was time to make the change, would Jose be your go-to? Of course, he'd, he'd be on any shortlist, I think, wouldn't he, for, for footballing people to look at completely out of context, taking it away from, the, you know, the passion of supporters and things like that. I think any club would would be silly, really, not to look at, at Jose Mourinho, given his track record. Would what happened at, at United go against him? Arguably, it would. Would the fact he only ever seems to spend two or three seasons, maybe if they're trying to build this next dynasty, that would work against them? I suppose it depends how bad it gets if if they if it all goes wrong before Christmas and he still wants the job you know are you going to attract another manager of that calibre you're not going to bring in one that's already in work so it's a fine balance between between whether the club would want him and the fans but I I go back to the Rafa Benitez and Chelsea situation where the fans didn't want him at all but Abramovich and, and his directors made the call and he ended the season if I'm right if I'm correct winning the Europa League and taking them back into the Champions League so sometimes the fans don't get what they want do they Exactly. And that's why we're not in charge of the football clubs, ultimately. Um, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and watching us live. A big hello to everyone who's in the chat now. Apologies if we haven't got round to your questions. Um, but thank you. Please like and share the video if you're watching us. And apologies for the loss of sound during the show. That was my fault. My big thumb slipped on the wrong button. Um, always the issue when you do things live. But apologies. Um, and uh, for the audio version, which will be coming out, I'll make sure that I take that bit out. So you won't have to listen to a few seconds of silence there, um, in which case you're probably thinking, what on earth is he apologising for? But yeah, I made a mess of that, haven't I? Um, <laughs> Mike, do you want to let our listeners know where they can uh, find you on social media and keep up with your great work? Yeah, it's, um, as you can see on my little tag here under the Big Emery Art banner, it's uh, at Mike underscore Stavery on Twitter. Brilliant stuff. And Mark, uh, do you want to let our listeners know where they can keep up to date with all your fantastic work? Yeah, I've say a bit more unbiased, so I've got the little egghead picture as my uh, my picture. But yeah, I'm, uh, I tweeted tweet, um, it. That's at, a Pep Guardiola uh, sign, isn't it? <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe they'll go for Pep. Um, do you fans want that, I think? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, at Marky and Brian's on Twitter. 
brilliant stuff and my thank you to both of you for joining me once again brings us to the end of the show we'll be back very very soon with some more content we've got a very special guest joining me tomorrow to talk about var so we'll be pre-recording that and releasing it tomorrow evening so make sure you hit the little bell notification if you haven't already so that you don't miss uh, anything new that comes out uh until then take care and uh, we'll see you all very very soon cheers <laughs>